you slept in. Hey, we're not judging. Sometimes you just need to get a little more sleep. And if you do need to sleep, we'd much rather you did that at home than in our pews. You can always catch up with the sermon later, right here on the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. I've still missed out on some pretty important things like intergenerational community and the support and encouragement of that. Some fun music and uh, children stumping the pastor during children's time. But And we won't give you any cookies or coffee, but we'll give you what we can. I'm Chris Marshall. And I'm Susan Foster. And we are United Methodist Pastors in Reno, Nevada. We're not theological experts or homiletical harbingers of a new age. We're your average pastors, helping our congregations think through life's big questions every week. We started this podcast, so if you're away from home or working or perhaps coaching your kids' soccer team or maybe just sleeping in, you can keep up with some of the ideas floating around the church. Each episode is a conversational version of a sermon that one of us gave on Sunday. So whatever day it is when you're listening to this, uh, whether you're out for a run or running errands or just snuggled up at home, in your, do, you, do people still have Snuggies? I don't know. Squirrel has my Snuggie. We just ask that you receive this with an open heart and an open mind. And a quick note, we really mean an open mind. We don't really care if you agree with everything we say or not. In fact, we encourage you to question, to disagree, and to figure out what you think. Our sincere hope is that you will experience the mysterious loving force in the world we know as God as you consider so Susan, so Chris, we preached on the same scripture on Sunday. Woo-hoo. We took it into. I think we kind of have to warn people that we're going to do that for a little while here. Mildly different directions. Yeah, we. I mean, lectionary preachers. Woohoo! Woo-hoo. Um, which lectionary for the lay people is a three-year cycle of scripture mm-hmm. that a lot of mainline denominations and Catholic churches use to sort of order our preaching to, life. To order our preaching life, and so. So the first year is year A, and then year B and year C. Year A is mostly the book of Matthew. Yep. Year B, mostly the book of Mark. Year C, mostly the book of Luke. And John sprinkled in on high holy days. Yes. And and the other thing is, is that they there are some repeats that happen every year. Like, like the walk to Emmaus. And, and Thomas. Thomas. So And resurrection story. Yep. Oh, yeah. That one comes every year? What? John. Every stinking Thinking year. No. But that these also help us from keep keep us as preachers, kind of keep us honest, keep us from preaching the, the one sermon we have in our back pocket that we could preach every week if we didn't have yeah, the challenge of they exploring try to make some sure, other things. Try to make sure we hit the whole story. Yeah. And from different perspectives, Matthew, Mark, mm-hmm. Luke, different perspectives. Yep. And they paired up with Old Testament readings and Psalms and mm-hmm. other readings from the New Testament yep. from the letters and all of that. So, yeah. so this week in this lectionary week, right. is the walk to Emmaus. Right. And the walk to Emmaus is about uh, these two folks, Cleopas and his companion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We know at least one of them's a dude. Companion is sometimes the word for spouse, so it could have been Cleopas With and his, his wife. wife. Cleopas and his fishing buddy. buddy. We don't really know. We don't really know. Um, two folks leaving Jerusalem after the events of the weekend. Yep, which were, of course, remember the the trial and crucifixion and murder of Jesus, and then the empty tomb. They're on the road, and that morning. The women have gone to the tomb and found it empty and had this vision of angels and come back and told the disciples and the disciples call it literally an idle tale. The women are making stuff up again. Mm. So then Peter goes to check it out. He sees the empty tomb, but he doesn't know what it means. And these two hit the road. These two hit the road. So they're going back to normal. They're going back to their ordinary lives. They've just suffered an incredibly traumatic weekend. Right. So they've and had... there's not going to be a funeral service, so they might as well go home. Right? Yeah. So so it's been 
this high holy weekend that for them is this moment of remembering God's faithfulness. And in the midst of that, their teacher has been murdered. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So they're traumatized. Right. They are. Where's the faithfulness? Yeah, they're, they're absolutely traumatized. And so what do you do when you're traumatized? Some people find comfort in routine. Mm-hmm. And so they are going back to what is normal, what is ordinary for them. They're going home. Yep. Um, they're heading back to work. They're heading back to their villages. They're heading back to what is known. Yep. And that is what a lot of us do mm-hmm. when we suffer some kind of trauma. And there was this line in the story this time that really caught my attention. It, Isn't it's, it amazing how like we read a story every year? It's every something year, a little different. And then, and then we're like, wait. What? What? Um, I think last year I preached this and I talked about like Jesus shows up in the midst of our conversations with each other. And the year before it was Mm, the journey thing. And the year before it was something else. But but this time it was they're walking along and, you know, Jesus shows up. They don't recognize him. And he says, you know, why are you so downcast, basically? Mm -hmm. And they said, don't you know what's going on? And he says, why don't you tell me what's going on? Which is what any good psychiatrist would say. (laughs) To figure out where they are. And they start to explain what's happened over the weekend. And it says they had hoped. Mm, They had hoped. They had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. They had hoped. Mm. And that was a punch in the gut. Yep. Because the amount of disappointment in that one little phrase. Like that they had hoped and now they Mm -hmm. do not have hope. Right. Because right, that, that is the inference, right? Yeah. Hope they is have, gone. They have lost all hope. Um, it just, it smacked me in the face this time mm-hmm. because, man, I get it. Yep. yep. I've been there. Right? <laughs> I get like, it. I've been there. On my, macro and micro levels these days. Absolutely. And so this, they had hoped thing really kind of stuck with me. They had hoped he would be the one. And then the way that they define him is by what they had hoped he would accomplish. Mm-hmm. They had hoped that he would be the one to redeem Israel. Right. And then Jesus, of course, goes on to explain scripture to them and to help them understand it in a different way, which is kind of cool. But I just kind of want to live with this they had hoped part for a while, because Mm -hmm. I think a lot of the time we think Easter happens and then everything's okay. Right. Like, oh, magic fairy dust. Magic fairy dust on everything. Right. And and that that's that's really dangerous for us. Yeah, no kidding. Right. Because... You know, just because you elect the right person, just because yes, you make the right choice, doesn't mean that you don't still have work to do. Work to do. Doesn't mean that everything is going to be okay, okay automatically. Like, that this is not a passive life. Ever. We Never. live an active life. Interactive. Totally. And so this, they had hoped is really been living with me. And then something that you shared, actually, Susan, mm-hmm. recently mm-hmm. sort of struck me. About right. it. And it's a sermon called Out of Solitude by Henry Nouwen, who is one of the great 20th century Theologian theologians types. and thinker guys. And he sort of talked about how quickly we give our souls to grade givers. Mm. He yes. talks about like the yeah, older he gets way of saying it, yeah. and the longer he lives the longer the introductions get when he mm-hmm. goes to speak at places. Mm-hmm. He says, that, you know, it's just a great they, description. They feel like they have to describe every accomplishment you've ever had going mm-hmm. back all the way to college. And so the introduction becomes longer than the speech at mm-hmm. some points, mm-hmm. you know, that it's, it's easy for us to start to believe that all of our accomplishments are really what define us. Mm-hmm. Who built the tallest building, who, who built the longest bridge, who ran the fastest mile. Yeah. 
And then he jokes around. He's from Holland. He says, in Holland, it's the opposite. It's who has the tiniest town and the narrowest street street and the the most uncomfortable shoes. (laughs) But that it's this life of superlatives. And after a while, we begin to believe that we are intelligent because we got a good grade. And that we are likable because somebody invited us to something. And that we are important because somebody finds us indispensable. Right. And that all of our validation comes from... The external. The external, from outside of ourselves. And so we begin to put all this pressure on ourselves. If my next accomplishment is not as good as my last accomplishment, then people will know I'm an imposter. Mm-hmm. They'll know I'm a failure. Mm-hmm. I will lose my status. Right. They won't think I'm intelligent or likable or, or important anymore. Or whatever the thing is that you value that you fill in that blank with. And so we become what the world makes us mm-hmm. instead of who we are. And that's sad because real relationships... Um, Real progress in our own internal world is not possible without vulnerability. Yeah. Without mutual vulnerability. vulnerability. If it's just about all of the things that I have done and not about who I am, Mm -hmm. then I forget that I am not a list of things that I have done. Yeah. Uh, Henry Nouwen talks about being in the world and not of the world. Mm -hmm. And he means it in a, a slightly different way than I see it in like, not of this world. Yeah, not of this world is like, you're a citizen of heaven and... Right, right. And that's not what he's talking about. So it doesn't matter. It's almost like, so it doesn't doesn't matter. matter. And and for Henry, it matters deeply. How do you live into the world world. without allowing yourself to give your soul away to grade givers? He talks about how we all sort of need a lonely place, Mm -hmm. a place where we can get away from what other people think of us Mm -hmm. and understand that our worth is not the same as our usefulness. There's this great story that he tells about a carpenter and his apprentice Mm -hmm. that are like walking through, I'm going to say campus. I don't know if that's true. (laughs) They're walking through campus and they see this giant old gnarled tree Mm -hmm. and they comment on how beautiful the tree is. And the professor, the, the teacher says to the student, do you know why it's beautiful? And the student says, no. And the teacher says, because it's useless. Mm. We can't turn it into a building. We can't turn it into furniture. It's too gnarled for that. And so it it has been allowed to grow up and become this beautiful centerpiece of campus where people can come and find shade. Right. Um, That when we start to confuse our usefulness with our worth, we forget that we are worthy even as we are and not based on what we have accomplished. And so these disciples, however long they've been disciples, Mm -hmm are trying once again to equate Jesus mm-hmm. with what purpose they thought he should have served. Right. And therein they find their disappointment. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And even in that nadir of life, Jesus shows up mm-hmm. and walks alongside them and, and says, there might be a different way to look at this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It might be about who I am and not about what I've accomplished in the way that you wanted me to accomplish it. That lonely place of failure mm-hmm. is really where we stop listening to what the world thinks of us and recognize our own inner worth. And this has been important to me in the last couple of weeks for a couple of reasons. One mm-hmm. is we have some United Methodist Church drama going drama. on. Yes. So last year, the Western jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church elected a bishop who is openly lesbian. Yep. Her name is Karen Oliveto. Susan and I know her well. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I, she was my pastor for many years. She was years. my camp director. Uh, she's one of the people who got, you know, set me on the road to ministry. Uh, so she's had deep impact on both of our lives. 
and uh, and she was elected bishop. And she was elected bishop for a number of reasons. Mm-hmm. Her sexuality um, was not an, a stumbling block for us. Right. We we do believe in the Western jurisdiction for the most part that all people are called into ministry and that there are no second class citizens. Right. And so LGBTQ people can be leaders just the same as straight people and that we're all held to a higher standard of living together. So she was elected. Mm -hmm. And even before the vote was taken, another jurisdiction of the United Methodist Church, which is not in the West, but is in the South, had already brought charges in the United Methodist system, basically to the Supreme Court of the United Methodist Church, which is called the Judicial Council, over this election. Um, Some people have seen their decision on Friday as a partial win, some as a devastating loss, um, and some as a huge win, depending on where you are in the country and how you feel about all this stuff. But basically, what they decided was the election of Bishop Karen Oliveto was legal. Yep. However, her consecration as a bishop, which is the religious ceremony where the other bishops lay on of hands and do all that kind of stuff, was not legal. So she's still in good standing. She's still the bishop of the Denver area Yep. for now. Um, but we don't know what's going to happen next. And um, our church is sort of headed for some big decisions. Mm-hmm. Um, one of the branches that it might choose is to allow different churches or different regions of the church to have freedom when it comes to choosing if they will ordain, marry LGBTQ people. That's sort of best case scenario at this point. Yes. And the worst case scenario is that the church will go through some kind of schism. Mm -hmm. And the United Methodist Church will be untied. Will be untied. In this place where we're walking along this road, and it feels like we have seen failure. Mm -hmm. Um, For me, the failure of checks and balances. Yeah, Yeah, that's really what's going to be our... I I really do feel like that's going to be our... Yeah, the, the regional piece of this. the regional sovereignty has been lost. If another region of the church can determine what the West can do, that that is going to be a grieving process for us. And that as we are on this journey, I think that there is still a moment where Christ is present mm-hmm. and helps us live deeper into who we are and not just into what we have accomplished. Right. And I told my church that we do that by being who we are. And I think you told your church the same thing, that Mm -hmm. no matter what the Supreme Court of the United Methodist Church Church says, says. no matter what, really, bishops say that Mm -hmm. we will continue to be a congregation and a community that is open to all people, that chooses to see every person as a beloved and worthy child of God, Um, whether you are coming from your CEO chair or from sleeping under the bridge, whether you have a wife or a husband or... A couple of wives and husbands (laughs) or are divorced or widowed or single, no matter what your relation status is, what your financial status is, your ethnicity background, all of that, like that you are welcome in the family of God. And I think that that's important for us to hold that ground because I can't see us doing any other. That is who we are. Yeah. And that is who we are called to be. But it is still painful. It is painful. To be on that road together. Yep. And it, it definitely hits that we had hoped. We had hoped. We had hoped, oh, we had even hoped slightly, that we could move forward as a denomination, mm-hmm. and their resistance is no joke. So right. I've started to call us the resistance, the West, yeah. the resistance, because it's very popular now because Star Wars, yes, uh, woman's place is in the, the resistance. resistance. Hashtag yes. Princess Leia, oh, yeah. and so or General Leia, I guess we should call her now. Yes, because we now know how that turned out. Yeah, 
I think it's important for us to claim our claim our place in that mm-hmm. and to say this is this is who we are and this is who we are called to be, uh, even though it might feel like our hearts are broken right now. Yeah. Um, and so you know, shout out to Bishop Karen. Yep, uh, we got your back. <laughs> uh, there've been lots of prayers flying around, and uh, and lots of people considering you know what their place is in this new era. Yeah. And uh, and I, my my dear hope is that we can find a Methodist church that's big enough for everybody. Yep. So, um, what gives me hope is not denominational hearings. No. <laughs> what gives me hope is each and every single one of the people who comes to my church on a Sunday morning, and how their lives reflect um, what we're talking about. The grace of Christ. Mm-hmm. And we had one of our big saints pass away recently. Her name was Georgetta. Oh, and Georgetta. Georgetta was one of my favorite. Favorite people. She was super sassy. She <laughs> suffered fools. Not, not at all. all. <laughs> she was sweet and kind and patient. And unless she was you were a, a fool. Unless you were a fool. She was a fighter. And uh, she was one of those people that it was really kind of fun to go visit in the hospital. <laughs> and uh, so we will miss her. Uh, she does not have any bridges or buildings named after her. Nope. There are no statues of Georgetta in the park. Uh, she has not received a Congressional Medal of Honor uh, or any kind of accolades on a national level. But Georgetta reflected for me the grace of Christ and reflected for my congregation what it means to be an open and loving and welcoming person. Mm. And so uh, whenever we find ourselves getting frustrated with what's happening on a national level, it gives me hope that our churches are full of Georgettas yep. and that we can all keep striving to live into the image of God. And that's our work. Amen. So whatever you had hoped, whatever you had hoped, may you find Christ in this moment. Amen. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Sunday Morning Sleep In Podcast. If you have questions for us, or maybe a story that uh, about your road to Emmaus, shoot us an email at um, sundaymorningsleepin at gmail.com or find us on Facebook. Um, and the podcast is available on all the places that host podcasts hopefully you've already found them because you're listening hopefully but um share them and recommend them to your friends the scripture for for today's podcast is luke 24 13 to 35 and hope you take a chance to glance at that and the music theme music you're hearing is take me higher by jazzer it's traditional at the end of a worship service for the priest to deliver a blessing to the congregation some wise words that make everybody just a little bit holier Gotta get that Sunday morning glow on, but here's the deal. There are no magical words. We are on a journey. There is no final destination. We just keep growing into the image of God. Uh, I hope that you know that you have been blessed, that you are worthy. It doesn't matter what's on your resume. It doesn't matter what's on your report card. And it doesn't matter. Good God, it doesn't matter what anybody else thinks of you. God created you on purpose. And that is a good thing. Because not only can you be blessed by living into your own body, but other people can be blessed by you. So whatever you believe about this journey that you're on, how will you choose to live into your own skin this week? How will you love? How will you listen? How will you serve? How will you seek justice? Maybe you slept in, but now it's time to wake up and get moving. Amen.